I'm a perfectionist and I want to do the very best that I can do. That also means that I'm harder on myself than anyone else in my life. I struggle taking failure. I struggle taking feedback. I will oftentimes not want to change or create something because I don't want to go through that uncomfortable period of failure and adapting. And when things did go wrong, because that's just life, but, I put so much pressure and yeah. hurt on myself. Welcome back to the Journey Podcast. I'm your co-host, Emma Jackson. And I'm Jose. And today, we are here to talk about... What are we going to talk about today, Jose? Well, it's interesting. I was thinking we... Um, you ever wonder if you can go back in time, what advice you give yourself? Oh, yeah. What advice we could give our younger selves. Yeah, I was watching mm -hmm. a YouTube video recently, and it kind of sparked the idea. I was like, man, if I can go back in time, if time travel was possible, what would I tell myself like 10 years ago, right? When I was 22, starting my first company. And where would I be now if I would have changed the past? Dang. Well, so, is there anything that, I mean, what would you tell your younger self? Man, that's so much. I think the biggest advice I would give myself is just jump and pretty much don't hesitate on like whether to work full time and then open like those side companies, but just say, hey, just jump, figure it out and go crazy. No, I resonate with that, but it's less about, I mean, you had an actual career jump. I just think I needed the, it's okay, like, you can do this. I feel like I've realized in the past year or two that I have become my own worst enemy. I was the one that was holding myself back because, I don't know about you, but I was a huge perfectionist. I'm recovering. I'm in recovery. I still want everything to be the very best it can be. I'm super, I am, I'm a recovering perfectionist. It's because I care so much about the work that I produce and... The thing is, that can be a creative's worst nightmare because then you never actually create. You never actually do. You're just either learning or you're, I'm not good enough yet. It's not there yet. It's not there yet. And it never gets done. And actually, you taught me how important it is to just do things even if they're imperfect because that's the only way that you're ever going to get better. I mean, that's testing. Like you do that with ads. When you run ads, you test back and forth. When it comes to like quality of work, it's the same thing. Like, this podcast, episode one and two in Spotify was really low. We had to go remaster the track so they can sound better. It's always a of improvement um, versus like, hey, I got to make this product perfect. Because if you ever put it to pro into market, you will never know if that product is actually viable. No, I agree. And I think we forget, especially starting back earlier when you're, you know, in your early 20s, you're coming out of college or, you know, you're entering the professional field. You think that these big companies or these successful people, they have it figured out and what they produce is perfect. No one has it perfect. Every major company, like every major person, right? They're all still figuring well, it out. There's a statistic that says that every single entrepreneur, every, every single successful entrepreneur has a two to one failure rate. So pretty much for every um, three businesses they open or two businesses they open, one of them is actually failing. And you know, now that makes so much sense because back then you hear of successful people, but you don't really know them personally. Maybe they're your parents' friends or whatever it may be or people you see online. But now that we're in circles with people who like are actually what we would consider really successful business owners, you talk to them and they're like, oh yeah, I lost my money here or my first couple companies totally flopped. And they could have been the most soul-crushing, devastating moments 
But they said, nope, we're just going to keep going. Another thing, too, I think another advice I would give myself now that I'm thinking about it in, in, the, in this conversation. So if you look at my, my history of companies I've opened, right? My first one was MK Records, a, a music company. Um, right after MK Records came a lawn care company, your, your perfect lawn care, which is a partnership. After that, I pivoted right into DE Accounting. So if you think about it, I went to like three different sectors, like completely different industry with three different partners. I w- wish I would have stayed in just MK Records kind of field, the music field, because Music with Jose was a company that gave me the ability, uh, came out years after, right? Which is another attempt to go back into music. They gave me the ability to open the barbershop and it was kind of working together. And then Music with Jose gave me the opportunity to open NAV, which again was kind of the same director of marketing music. And then now the idea of Farm with you within the same range. But in my early years, I was just trying to, you know, chase the money. And it's like, okay, um, Gabe can help me with uh, lawn care. Caesar can help me with the accounting services. Let's create 50 50 partnerships. And I wasted so much time. And I never understood like the compound effect of staying within the one industry and kind of refining the process. So I wish I would have, I mean, that's advice I would give myself, which going back, focusing on one particular industry and just getting better at that particular t- industry. You know what? Funny enough, I had no choice but to focus on one industry, even though I really wanted, like, I was so ADHD. I wanted to try this idea and this idea, but I hadn't figured out this one. I hadn't figured out the marketing yet. And so I'm actually really glad that it, I didn't have the choice to jump off into a whole bunch of different projects because I never would have been here with you if that had happened because I needed to buckle down and learn. And I feel like finally after five years, um, of my own independent learning, I'm at a place where I can kind of keep up with you. I still think you're way, way above where I am, but it feels like our work is paying off and you're independent, like the past 10 years for you, and I would say the past like five years for me, we're at a point now where all of this is paying off. Everything from your audio engineering to the um, all the operational things you've learned about opening each and every one of your businesses. Yes, it took you quote unquote off course, but you learned so much that you're implementing in to this business right now yeah like the con the way we pay contracts out contractors and the way we collect money for our clients for our website contracts came from a construction company so in the construction world usually you pay 50 percent down and then 35 15 and that's kind of where i took that from one of my partners in my other company well and like this podcast so we are this is such a good culmination of all of our skills right now we in-house can handle everything because we're a full service marketing firm right we built our own website and landing page we put together the branding kit and all the content we're running ads to actually test our our thumbnails and our titles and all of that so we'll be able to get data you have all of this experience on the back end of audio engineering and video production that you're putting into play and so it feels like we're able to finally test and culminate all of the skills we've learned like right now yeah no i think it's a compound effect for sure if you think about it like i don't know Going back to like the early, early years, music has been ingrained in my soul from church. You know what I'm saying? I grew up in church playing music. So even this production, like you were saying, this is kind of like a life sound production. We're in a recording set right now, but at the same time, the, the principles that I learned back in church days, turning on the mixer, make sure you turn on the speakers before, you know, 
the the stages like that still is implemented to this day. You know what's funny? So I, you were the guy in church that was doing the soundboard, mm-hmm. and I was the girl in church that was doing the singing or the talking, right? And I feel I was also a theater kid, and even I, if you had been a theater kid, you would have been doing the sound and all of that. So it's it feels like even that has prepared us for where we're at and our roles that we play in the podcast. So let's let's uh so we're going back in time. Let's go forward in time, right? If you can give yourself like Mr. Beast does this, right? He has these videos he recorded years ago. It's like me and one year, five year, ten years spam. If you can look back, we're in twenty twenty four, let's say two years in the future, where do you predict you'll be based off this course that you're at right now? Honestly, okay, I'm ready. Two years is going to make a huge difference in our lives. Keep in mind how much we've grown in six months. I know. (laughs) I think the biggest change for me, I'm big on a new year and manifestations and not just manifesting for manifest sake, but actually putting in the hard work. And I identified last year that the biggest thing that was holding me back were not my life circumstances, but were the circumstances inside my own mind. And explain (laughs) that. (laughs) What? (laughs) What you mean? So like I said before, I'm a perfectionist and I want to do the very best that I can do. That also means that I'm harder on myself than anyone else in my life. I struggle taking failure. I struggle taking feedback. I will oftentimes not want to change or create something because I don't want to go through that uncomfortable period of failure and adapting. And when things did go wrong, because that's just life, I put so much pressure and hurt on myself. But that can cause early burnout, bro. Like, that honestly can really cause early it burnout. It did. I actually <laughs> did. I got severely burned out at, um, last year. You remember. That's when I uh, dipped to Guatemala for a month, you know? Uh, yeah. I think it was honestly like a... I thought it was more of like a... You took a, like a little vacation after a couple years grinding? It, yes. But the real reason was that I had lost my passion and my drive and all the things that make me want to do this every day, that make me want to be a creative. I mean, have you ever experienced burnout? My burnouts are different. I don't... So for me, it's yes. I, so I'm a workaholic. You know this, right? So from the moment I wake up in the day to I go to bed... My life is intertwined between I'm answering emails, conversation, thinking about different strategies, education, um, how to improve myself. So my my focus, my priority in life is this. This is my passion. This is who I am. My companies, my business is me, right? So when I experience burnout, it's more like a day or two. And then I have a way to kind of like a system that I kind of know either A, option one, which is 95% of the time. I'm in front of the TV watching Netflix, not thinking about anything and just watching a great show and just kind of unplugging for like a day or two. Or option number two is like I go out and I drive somewhere, I fly somewhere else into a different city or meet different friends and just don't think about anything about work and then just kind of like get re-inspired. And usually um, I come back with new ideas. I found that out that worked perfectly when I was in the National Guard that we had the drills every two weekends when I got out active, right? And it was just those two days or three days I was out in post, like in Camp Atterbury. I came back, like, fully re-energized to go, like, okay, we got to get this done. We got to get this done. Let's do this. Let's do that. So I found out that was a really good system for me to, to kind of, like, recover. So 
I, I think it's the same for me, but the biggest problem for me, I think you're a little more self-aware than I am. So you identify, oh crap, I need to take some time for myself. I need to take some time away. What happened to me last year was I kept pushing and pushing and pushing beyond what was good for me. And I kept thinking, I'm fine. I can handle it. I'm fine. I can handle it. And my work-life balance got totally out of whack. I needed to take time and space for myself to show up in the best way that I could, but I wasn't doing that until it got to a point where there was literally no other option for me and i wasn't a good partner during those i mean for me there's red flags i kind of identify my red flags like okay my energy levels are getting low i'm getting irritated over the smallest things i am demotivated to do the things i'm usually motivated to do like you know me i love locking so emma hates our third floor studio like there's no windows there's just a really cool couch it's a cave it, but it's like a cool cave, right? <laughs> and I love just locking myself in the studio, putting in some audio tracks, mixing some records, or doing something in there, right? I kind of grew up in that little f- feel, right? And when I'm in the studio and I'm just dreading to be in the studio, that's when I know there's a red flag. Okay, you know what I'm saying? Like, I got to go sit here, play this track, or bounce this mix. But was it always that way, or did you have to learn about yourself? Um, Wow, that's that's honestly a great question. I think if I'm think if I'm being honest, I think it's always been the way. I kind of known if I get, I kind of always identify if I am doing something that I usually like to do and I don't want to do it in that moment. There's something wrong, which I was like, I need to take a step back and kind of like recoup and then come back at it. So. I think- um, that was a great question. Well, because like it's different for everyone. Because I'm not that way, and it's taken me a lot, a lot of time and energy and effort to start to understand the signals that my body is giving me. Right, so that I, I'm not sleeping as well. I'm getting irritable. A lot of it's the exact same stuff you said, but in my mind, for some reason, it didn't register as a red flag. Now I feel like with time and perspective. I know. I know the balance. And boy, it makes a huge difference. This year, I have so much energy and focus and drive. And I can do, I can produce so much more than I could, you know, six months, eight months ago. And a lot of that is just because of of mindset. And going back to what our original, you know, the original thing was that I know where I'm going to be in two years because I'm taking myself out of the equation. I was my own worst enemy. I was the one telling myself, sometimes I have this voice. Anxiety, you can call it imposter syndrome, you can call it whatever it is. I think a lot of us have it. Some of us are just born with insecurity. Actually, I think all of us are. It's a human thing. And you can mm. be super confident, but there are moments where there's this voice that will whisper to me, you're not good enough. You don't deserve this. You can't do this. You will fail. And I've started to say, so what if I fail? Okay, at least I'm doing it. And I've just decided I'm just not going to let it affect me anymore. And I know that sounds like, okay, you can just decide, but you really can. Every day you can just say, well, I'm just going to do it as long as I can. As long as I'm given the opportunity That's to weird. sit in front I'm, of a camera. I'm honestly and so different. <laughs> I'm so different. Me, it's like failure is not an option. Like I never, I don't I don't wake up saying like, hey, I, I'm going to try my hardest. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. That's not me. My, my thing is like, okay, I'm going to take the the rubik's cube and i'm going to move the puzzle over and over and well, over and over again i think we're doing the same again. thing in different ways for me it's like i was thinking okay because sometimes you you do things right and it doesn't turn out the way you intended that's technically a failure it can be considered a failure or a pivot right it's a pivot point point. and i was thinking oh i i failed 
I'm not worthy to be here because I failed. Instead of thinking, who cares? I'm learning and this is going to help me do it better. You know, and take it for me, I need to take the pressure off in order to really focus. Yeah, I guess so. Identifying failure is the key because for me, I don't identify it as a failure. I identify it as like, okay, cool. I found like, what was it? Thomas Edison that said, I found I didn't was I didn't fail. I just found 99 ways that the light bulb didn't work. Mm-hmm. So or something to that effect. So I guess I'm, I'm in that kind of camp where I don't think about it as failure. I think about, hmm, it didn't work. Let's try again. Let's try again, and kind of refining the process or the product as well. So, for example, if like I'm in the I'm, I'm in the editing room and I don't like a cut, I'm gonna take the raw format and I'm gonna try to spin the speed, the the editing style, something to make it the product viable. And at the end of the day, like if it's not viable, it's not viable. And I have to like accept that. But I'm gonna try my hardest to figure out how to make that product viable. No, I agree. I think one thing we both have in common is that we're really stubborn, which can be great, which can be bad. But the best part of it is that we are going to stick to something and we're going to figure out a way to make it work. And usually that's most people just give up before success finds them. So I tell you how I kind of reunite my passion by just kind of like leaving and kind of like for like 20 to 48 hours and kind of just getting recharged a little bit. How did you reunite your passion when you went to like Guatemala? Well, was it Guatemala? It was Guatemala. Okay, yeah. Cool. So uh, for me, it's not necessarily about where, although usually removing yourself when you're too close to a problem or a situation, just getting somewhere different gives you such a good sense of perspective. For me, it's about establishing that balance within myself. So I have to get back on being kind to myself. I have to get back on eating the right foods that are good for me and getting enough sleep and staying active. And these things that kind of keep me in balance and when I'm in balance, I can focus and I can open up creatively and I can just be the best possible partner that I can be. So that's what it was about for me. I can respect that, honestly. I like that. I operate differently, but I think there's so many different people out in the world. Everybody's different. I think we have to accept how people process things differently. And if that's your process, go for it. My process is caffeine. No sleep, education, <laughs> going back gadding. What? Okay, so where would you see yourself in two years? Do the Gary V flip on you, right? So with what you know right I think now, it's Mr. Beast or Mr. Mr. Beast? <laughs> okay, there we go. Um, for me, two years right now is just I'm gonna take this company to the next level and not not kind of like pushy pushy on uh, sales, but more of like creating our own products internally getting more established as a production company or as a marketing or advertising company that we've been for so many years. What about you as an individual? Well, I told you at the beginning of this podcast, this is me. Like, like you and but me are very are, different. Yes, but those are successes, right? Those are, but what, in what ways do you want to develop as, it can be related to the business, but like you internally as a, as a leader or as an individual that, that's going to lead to those successes? That's hmm. that's a deeper question. At the end of the day, I, I, those see, are you were giving me I don't goals. Think, see, I don't think that's a deeper question because if you if you you know me for so so many years now, right? We had a problem with our accounting. Guess who I we I learned accounting to fix fix that problem. Mm-hmm. We had a leadership problem. 
You know what I'm saying? When when I became the CEO of this company, you asked me to become the CEO. And what did I tell you? I told you. You remember? That you're not the kind of person that... So <laughs> Jose is very much a behind-the-scenes kind of guy. And in all of his other businesses, he was not the face. And he said, I'm not CEO material. And I was like, I'm definitely not. I have the least amount of qualifications. You know, I'm here in this partnership to learn with you. And at the end of the day, I kind of forced him to be our CEO because... I knew that you were going to step up to the plate. Exactly. So in the, in that sense, like, I feel like any deficiency that comes up. Last year, I spent a lot, a lot of time learning more about the management of people and reading books like uh, Surrounded by Idiots, identifying different personalities, identifying how to communicate with the personalities, right? I read books like... Um, Profit first, which is like how to properly set up the the corporate structure on our finances to kind of really dive in more into like okay, how do we get compensated as owners, but we also compensate our team members? How do we even protect our company and all that stuff? I educated myself in like whew, books about like passion and love, and then also books about like advertising materials, like getting myself educated in the course material that we actually provide for our clients, right? So I think as the years go on my leadership will continue to evolve based off the circumstances that are at hand. Mm-hmm. I have to adapt. To, so if I want to go from like, let's say we want to take this company from like 5 million to 10 million, right? I have to learn different skills that I probably don't have now to get there. But the goal, like, I think the key point is recognizing that I don't have those skills and surrounding me with people that do have those skills that I can learn off of. So that's your advice to yourself right now. That's it. I didn't wait. What was my advice? Your advice to yourself right now is to surround yourself with people that you can learn and grow from. Maybe getting a mentor, which is something we've talked about before. It's hard when you reach a certain level and you are really looking for that next step. Someone who maybe has done these things that you're thinking about or who thinks the way that you do. There's a saying that my dad used to always tell me, right? He said in Spanish, so tell me who you're surrounded by and tell me who you are. Mm-hmm. He always thought it kind of in a more negative context because I had not the best friends when I was younger. But it, I think that applies 100%. If I surround myself with people that are at a different level than me, Amona is only going to make me kind of like scale higher so absolutely it's the same way so basically um we're having an open call admission so anyone that wants to say hey i want to be jose's friend i want to you know (laughs) hang out no No, but in all honesty i think for both of us we want to meet other interesting engaging people who are ambitious and successful and um or not even traditionally successful but just who are on their path and doing something different and thinking in a different way because getting that outside perspective I think makes all the difference in the world. I wanted a more hustling environment. Like Puerto Rico is beautiful, one of the most beautiful islands in the world. But it's like relaxation mode. Exactly. And then the 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 grind material wasn't there to for me to push me to get better. It right? was the same for me. So I'm I love traveling and I got sucked into the digital nomad world and it was so amazing for so many reasons. But I didn't feel like I was in a space where I was going to accomplish my dreams because a lot of people that I was surrounded by, wonderful people, but they were kind of coasting in their careers. They got into a place where they could travel and they could work and they worked this much and they traveled this much. And I would get to these places and I would be working this much and traveling this much. And it was so tempting to want to just, you know leave work early and go explore a national park or go do this or go do that. And I realized that if I 
want the life that I want and I want to challenge myself to grow in these ways, it's not going to come from that. Not yet, anyway. Ooh, another great piece of advice I'll give myself, right? If we're going or we're still on the same topic. Uh, I wish, and this is really, really personal. I wish I would have been more understanding in our in the beginning stage of our partnership in that aspect, realigning our goals. You were more in the remote work camp, and I was more of like the golfing kind of retired camp. Super strong. And then yeah. coming into that, like figuring out our balance of our partnership and how to realign our goals to the future of the company. Because I think the first six months, it was a lot of friction and figuring out how to best work together, what products to deliver. Because I came into, so I came into a company that was established, right? I think the first, um, what was it, the first three or four months before I became CEO, Emma came to me. Emma Emma has some, uh, let's say she has some pants. She she was say what's on her mind. She's like, hey, you. I was like, yes, Emma. She's like, did you come here to become an investor or do you came here to be a partner? I, oh, I remember like, that. I remember that. He was giving investor energy, a.k.a. Yeah. not as, I, I needed that hands-on. I was like, the reason that I wanted you to be my partner is because I feel like we have a lot that we can learn from each other. Exactly. And I think I would, if I can go back in time, I think I would have taken those first couple months a little bit more serious understanding you as an individual. And then that would have made the next six months of our company a lot easier because I came in, like I was saying, I came into a company that was established. Um, I already had products. I And then another thing, too, for me is like those products that we were selling back then, I didn't fully was behind. It didn't really align with my core values or what I wanted for this company or the trajectory of finances we wanted to grow this company too. And not just you, but me too. So I would do the same thing. I would look back, given perspective, and sitting down and saying, what what kind of life do I want to have? What is my goal? Or what you know, what kind of what are what are the values that are most important to us? And then what products and services are going to get us there? Because I think at the end of the day, when you are thrust into a situation like I was where the airplane is in the sky and you're just trying to make sure that it doesn't fall out of the sky. So you're using anything that you can to, you know, any materials that are around or you you could use the boat analogy. You're floating on the ocean and like there's water coming up, right? So a lot of the products and services that you saw, there were some great gems in there, stuff that we still do to this day that we do really well. But I didn't know how to identify what was actually, you know, what was actually a hole in the boat and what was going to help us get to the next destination. Yeah. Also, and I wish I would have read the book Surrounded by Idiots back then. <laughs> Me too. Great read for anyone that hasn't read it. It's about just understanding people's different personalities and communicating with them. Exactly. Because at the end of the day, I think, true story, like when I came in, a lot of uh, Emma's original staff hated my guts. And this happens a lot in general. We've mentioned this on a previous episode that we work with a client that, you know, bought a new uh, practice. And anytime that someone from the outside is coming into something already established and their role is to shake things up, not everyone's going to be happy with it. Yeah. And it was like, uh, like a, they hated my guts and then kind of understanding why they hated my guts. And then I found out now that I look at it and I reflect on it, I think it was the insecurity of change. People don't like change. People don't like, they like knowing that the routine is established. You're going to come into work. They're going to get X amount of paycheck. But okay, now there's a new guy coming to the picture and he doesn't like this product that I've been working so hard on. Or I've been like finessing. I've been working so hard on, you know what I'm saying? And now things are going to change. I think a lot of, man, I wish if I knew what I knew now back then. It would have been a so lot of much times it's the approach, smoother. right? It's about how we communicate in that delicate little game because some of our team members stuck with it 
And then they got to see, oh, I see why this change has been made. Now I have more free time. Now our products are more efficient. Now we're, you know, succeeding beyond our wildest dreams. But you have to get through that period of being uncomfortable. I think in the first year, uh, my first full year was uh, we multiplied 3x. Yeah. I, I honestly didn't believe it until we looked back at the numbers. Mm-hmm. And it just feels wild and I honestly think that's the benefit of partnership of working with someone else who can see and fill in your deficits because we can only do certain things well and when you're one person like props out there to all of the solo entrepreneurs um, and at the end of the day they're only successful because they also usually have a team around them exactly um, let's stay on the same topic right so year one we grew about I think it was three acts year two we kind of like we we it was the year we I went to like it was a it was a rocky year for us. We kind of like sort of stagnated a little bit. Last year, we exploded. I think like uh, we, I think it was like one point five or two two x. I think it was like one or I think it was like one point five. I don't yeah. think I don't think we doubled. I think like we we grew, but not like mm-hmm. that crazy, because we were. I was in Puerto Rico. You were in uh, Guatemala. A we, lot of other places. A too. lot of other places, <laughs> and I think now this year, twenty twenty four. We're at a stage, and I think it's really crucial for you guys to understand, whoever's listening to this podcast, that sometimes as a business owner, we take calculated risks on downsizing our businesses for new ideas and new products and launching. So this year for us, for me, I'm going to be selfish. For me, it's more of a year of development. Like, I'm not trying to focus on chasing money or chasing clients. I'm focusing more on attracting the right clients to us based off of the product that we're producing, the quality of this podcast. Um, getting more into projects like you tell me, like, Jose, I want to get more into the travel industry. I want to work with this type of client. And years past, we chased the money, which was great. We make crap ton of money. But this year, it's like, hey, let's take a step back. Let's focus on our passions. No, I think that's the biggest thing. And I was just telling you that I have started to feel so much more energetic about work. And there was a time where a lot of my job was super detail-oriented, really in the weeds, a lot of client-facing stuff, stuff that at the end of the day didn't feed my soul. And I would come home absolutely exhausted. And now I have so much energy that I'm sending emails and I'm sending text messages at like 9 or 10 p.m. at night. I'm waking up, I'm working out, I'm learning about this and that because I love... What and the do. work is less mentally taxing. I don't it's know less mentally taxing. And you know what? Here's the thing. It's not because, oh, everyone should get into podcasting or do video production or because do it's website. honestly a lot of hours. No, it, it all depends on your skills as an individual. And I realize I'm the kind of person, I'm a natural communicator. I love to engage with people. I can easily come up with a ton of different ideas. And I'm playing into my strengths now instead of the things I'm not so good at. Not the most organized, not the most detail-oriented. Ask any teacher I had in school, right? Or partner. And you can learn and you can improve, but why why do the things that are that come, you know, hardest to you? And why not shift your life around the things that come easiest to you? I mean, this is, yeah, I agree. There's always a balancing act on productivity, um, passion, and then, of course, revenue. When mm-hmm. you we have to kind of weave that perfectly right so we can continue growing in in all three camps. Yeah, absolutely. So, would you consider yourself an ambitious person, Jose? Yeah, I think for me, like going back to this conversation, work gets my life. Not because of like, hey, I love spending twenty thousand hours in the office, because clearly I do not. But I love seeing the the idea I had in my head 
like when I pitched this idea for this podcast, she was like, I like it, but tell me more. And then seeing the fruition of it, like when Casey first edited the first rough cut of this podcast, and I was like, this is exactly what I wanted. I almost, a tear came out of my eye because it's just like months of work, research came into it, right? So for me, this is my ambition. This is my passion. This is who I am. Work is my, who I am because I, I love seeing the idea in my head come to reality. And then on top of that, I give this idea to you, Casey, and the, and the team, right? And then you guys take my like my little gingerbread house and make it a gingerbread mansion. You know what I'm saying? And <laughs> seeing like, oh, this is cool. And then then I come back in and then we make it better and we refine the process. And before you know it, people start jumping on the team. And then the process just get bigger, bigger, bigger. Then you, before you know it, it's like a massive snowball. I'm like, that was once my idea. It was a, just a tiny little idea and now we're here. No, I think one of my favorite passions is being able to work with people and take their ideas and turn it into a reality beyond their imagination. So that's been a lot of fun to work with you and do the kind of stuff that we do for clients all the time, but actually do it for ourselves. And that that's another piece of advice that I would have given my younger self is take the time to, to, to actually work on you, work on your business and give it the same care and attention that you do any of your clients. So I had a uh, I've been doing a little bit of consulting with uh, a buddy of mine from Florida. He opened his own little production company. And I think that's what I was trying to tell him. I was like, you're jumping so many different categories because you're chasing the money. But what are you passionate about? And he's like, I want to do photography. I'm like, then why are you trying to do videography? I was like, why are you trying to do advertising? Why are you trying to do graphic design? You're like a one-man show. Like You're wearing so many different hats. I was like, the best piece of advice I ever got in my life was, I think... Six years ago, Dr. Matt, a chiropractor. If you're watching this, Dr. Matt, still love you, brother. Um, he sent me down, and it was the stage that Musical Jose was kind of the peak. Um, and I remember I got the bakery uh, contract, and I was I was killing it with Musical Jose. And um, the barbershop was year number one, and we were losing money, right? Um, I had a, the wrong business model because I wasn't fully educated, and I was trusting the my manager and all that stuff. And he told me, he's like, you realize a man so talented like yourself, if you just focus on the barbershop and focus on the one line of revenue of the barbershop, it's going to blow up. And I'm like, nah, Dr. Man, nah. Two years later, I decided like to fully focus on the barbershop and it blew up. Okay, so let's talk about that. It's really easy to say, oh, yeah, just focus on one thing. I get this advice all the time. Why is it so hard to focus on one thing? I think because you have to set aside resources, you have to take a risk, you have to plan, and you have to deal with missing out on other opportunities well, along the way. I think, I think as a society, we've been kind of like uh, taught and bred to di diversify, right? Put your money in multiple different pots and make sure that if one pot you know gets burned, you're not losing the whole pot. But when it comes to business, sometimes... And you're you're a you know you're a solo entrepreneur. You have to gamble all you have in that one idea. Make sure that you burn the idea to the ground, and it fails. Cool. What did you learn from the idea? And then yeah. take what you learned and put it into the next idea. I agree, and that I did not know how to do that. And when you when you first came into the idea farm, I mean, perfect definition. Yo. We were doing everything. We had clients coming in saying, "Oh, do you build apps? No, but we'll figure it out." You know, and it was very much that mentality. And then you are spread so thin and you can't become experts at anything because no, you're not focusing on it you, you know Aaron right so Aaron is one for people to know Aaron's one of my best friends um financial advisor 
for Northwestern Mutual. Love the guy. Super, super smart. Like, he's killing the game right now, right? He, I think he's, he's on his second office in Valpo, like, killing the game. He had an employee named, I'm not going to say it. He had an employee. They came over to my house, and we used to do these poker nights back in the day, right? And uh, me and Aaron always have conversation about, like, uh, entrepreneurism, motivation, and we send a lot of videos back and forth. And this individual wanted to join kind of a little group chat. And Aaron's like, cool, bet, say less. You know, get motivated. Jose's a great guy. And so we had a little networking of uh, different business owners that were in this group chat. And this imp this this employee of Aaron's, he got into his head that um, he was a full-blown entrepreneur. And Aaron's like, mm, you're, still, you're working under me, bro. Like, I'm teaching you the structure. I'm putting the money. I'm paying for your education. And he's like, you're not like Jose. You're not like me. You're not putting your money where your mouth is at. You're not. You're not fully risking everything. He's like, oh, I am risking everything. Like, mm, not really. And then I remember I we were playing poker, and Aaron said, like Jose, what's the difference between you and him? I was like, me. If I have an idea, I'm gonna put every single penny in my bank account towards that idea. And if I go broke, I sleep in in Aaron's bedroom or in my car. And everybody started laughing, but that's the reality. As an entrepreneur, I feel like. I have to have zero doubts in my mind of what I'm doing so I can actually try my hardest to do it. When you have that safety net like he had with Aaron, he's not fully investing 100% of what he has into that idea. So he's, kind of in, in a sense, not a, a full entrepreneur. No, I, think, I, guess, I will say, I will say not everyone has the luxury of being able to do it to the extreme level, right? Imagine that you have a kid you know, or multiple kids. Imagine that you are, you know, taking care of and, you know, elderly or sick parent. There are things that will limit you from going like full on, but you can absolutely still do it. It just takes so much dedication and it's definitely harder than someone that's like young and single that can just risk everything in worst case scenario, like your life goes up in flames, but no one else's does, you know? So at the end of the day, it's, acknowledging that you have to just do the very best you can and the more you focus on it i think and and know that like if you don't put everything that you can towards it it may not work out i mean that's the risk you take i yeah. mean if you want to walk this path of a business owner of, a, of an entrepreneur right that's the risk you take and unfortunately yeah. i think I, i'm gonna say this with the most love in my heart it's like Prepare for the worst. You know what I'm saying? Okay, I heard this really interesting statistic on a great podcast recently that was talking about how it used to be the average lifespan of a business was it was like 30 or no, it was like 50 years. Okay, so from what the from the 1950s and 60s onwards for years, um, most of the uh, the 20th century, a business would last on average 50 years or about like two, almost like two generations, basically. What is the average lifespan of a business today? I'm going to say three or five years. A little more than that. The average lifespan of like a of an established business is about 17 years. But that drastically like we used to have generational businesses. And now we really struggle to build something that lasts because it's so easy to get complacent, I think. And you lose that, like in the beginning, you know how much, how hard it is. You have to hustle, hustle, hustle and pivot and change and do this and do that. That's exhausting. And at some point when you find something that works and you get comfortable and you make your money, that's when a lot of people sit back and they're like, we got it. We got it. It works. Why would we change it until one day it doesn't work? You know? Yeah, uh, I agree with you 100% there. I will also add to it that the financial markets into in like the last three since post-covid 
it's been extremely hard to sustain a small business. Like you're taking on more leverage, you're taking on more risk. And if you're not getting the proper advice from your team or your accountants or your financial advisors and you make the wrong move, it might be very hard to backtrack. Hey, like prime example, me, right? Um, a three a three week estimated remodel turned into like six months. And that company, I didn't have the proper funds to kind of float that. So I had to take on extra leverage just to make sure the pro the project got done, the house is ready for rent. And now that the house is ready for rent, we're in the worst time to rent a house. We're in the middle of winter. So it's like, if it happened to a smaller person that didn't have the financial resources to take on more leverage or even had extra capital sitting around, that also has to take into effect. Me and uh, my, my barbershop manager, in the street that we're on, right? We, I think, twenty eighteen, probably like six, seven years. We've been in business now. Um, he's like, bro, in that same plot, there's been four different restaurants. There's been two different clothing stores. There's I know a exactly higher, what you're talking there's about. a higher turnover rate. And I honestly, I, I think it's a hundred percent about complacency to a certain degree. But also, it's like the initial push off the ground. Like, do we have the capital to push on it? Do we know? And are we tackling the problems of the business, the exposure of the business correctly? Because a lot of people say, hey, we're uh, struggling financially. We need to cut advertising when the opposite should have. You should dump more into advertising to get some more exposure to get potentially convert those potential viewers. Well, this also goes back to what we were saying about putting everything in, being an entrepreneur and like taking, you know, taking risk. You have to take risk, but you also have to be calculated. We knew that we wanted to launch this idea and we wanted to do it quickly. And so we figured out how do we diversify our revenue streams? How do we build up a little piggy bank so that we can focus on this, right? Mm -hmm. and, and just being intentional because what happens if, you know, you focus on a new product and you're, you're guaranteeing, okay, I need that revenue from X, Y, and Z to, to get me towards this new product. Because anything new that you do, it's going to take a while before you start to make money from it. And if you're not prepared for a few months of dry, of like nothing coming in, then you're not going to survive to see that product go to success. No, you said it perfectly. I can't add nothing to it. That's that's literally it. I think, I think self recognition on where you're at, understanding what's your playing field, and understanding what your audience is. Not only on the advertising side, but on the actual consumer side. If you open a ice cream store in the middle of winter at like a very desolate, you know, spot, are you gonna get traffic? Probably. Are you gonna if you open a barbershop or salon in the middle of a, like a busy intersecting where there's no walking traffic? Is that going to be successful? Understanding where you place your business, understanding the financial market, understanding your audience, it all goes into it. Okay, so we've shared a ton of different tips, advice, and just honestly had a good conversation about our own things that we wish we knew, things that we've learned. What is something, if you had someone who wanted to get into business, they wanted to run their own business, but they don't come from a background, they don't know people that have done this before, what advice would you give someone? Just start. If this is the life that you want, no lie, just start. Because in the process of just starting, you understand what works, what doesn't work. Um, and find the right people that you surround yourself with. So those are my two things. Just start and then find a team that you can learn from. And with the just start, I completely agree with that. Um, but you have to not take yourself so seriously. Okay, because people are going to laugh at you. People are going to say it's a dumb idea. People are not going to support you. People that you thought were going to support you are not going to support you. And you have to be okay with that. 
And you have to, you know what? You have to believe in yourself and you have to keep going. I think post-COVID, there was the most, uh, that year of COVID or post, like the year after, what was it? Entrepreneurship just drastically increased. And you know why? Because people were shook out of their complacency. They were shook out of their jobs that maybe paid them enough so they didn't have to think about it, but jobs they didn't really like. And all of a sudden, when you are faced with the fact that the world might end, that you might die, that people you know are dying, things, priorities really change. And people mm -hmm. say, I actually want to make the most of my life and I don't have 10 years, 20 years, who knows how much time we have to make that change. But guess what happened like a couple of years later? What? A lot of people quit. This road is not an easy road. No. But it's, it can be really rewarding if you set it up correctly, if you understand your weaknesses, if you understand your product, your audience, your offerings. Um, and being consistent with it, like this podcast, when we when we set it up, I made the goal. It's like, hey, let's go for three episodes a week. You're like, you're like, Jose, that's pretty ambitious. I'm like, yes. And then when I wanted to quit, I was like, I'm like, let's go down to two episodes. She's like, no, 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 we, let's stay in three. Like we're figuring <laughs> this out. I think it's understanding those limits and surrounding stuff like with a great partner, where that when you're feeling like maybe this is a little bit too much, they can say, no, we can do this. No, I agree. Well, uh, we're going to drop a link down in the comments below to book a consult with us. If you want to just chat for 15 minutes, totally free of charge. We love to have ideas and share them and, you know, anything that we can do to help you get started. And also for those seasoned business owners that are looking for a different perspective, we're here to help. So, yeah, if you like this kind of content, please like and subscribe, share with your friends, and uh, we'll see you next time. See ya.